We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host, Tori Simone, and it is Monday morning, people. Let's get excited. Another week full of potential. And who knows? Like this week could literally change your life. This could be the week that you have been praying for, that you've been manifesting. This could be the week that you didn't even know you needed, and it's going to change your life for the better. So I hope you guys have an extraordinary week. And yeah, I hope you all have that. I'm very excited to talk about today's podcast topic, which I say every week, but I am excited to talk about this because we're going to talk about dating today. And I typically don't go in a ton to dating, especially on solo episodes. I feel like I used to kind of talk about it a little bit more, but I kind of just like steered away from it. And then whenever I have friends on, Um, Like I had the guys on about this time last year, which is a really funny episode. It's all about dating from a guy's perspective. If you guys want to go listen to that, I think it's called The Guys Tell All. Um, Oh, I also think this is my 100th episode. I could be wrong, but someone posted uh, them listening to my story and said that this was my 100th episode. Like the next week, which would be this week, is my 100th episode. So... That's very cool. 
happy 100 to manifest. Yay. 100. I know so many other podcasters that make a huge deal out of their 100 and I'm very proud of 100 episodes, but I don't really have anything special planned. I literally just remembered. So if it's, if it's 100, happy 100, everybody. We made it to 100 episodes. That's pretty cool. Anyway, like I said, I don't really talk about dating solo, but I have been hearing a lot of things that I guess I just like disagree with. Um, and maybe these are the unpopular opinions of dating. I will get into it in a little bit, but I'm just so excited to talk about dating because I never talk about it and everyone can relate to it. And I think it's so fun to talk about. So I'll get into that later. But first, we're going to do my favorite not my favorite, everyone's favorite portion of the podcast, which is catching up. Don't worry. I like doing this too. I actually love doing it um, because I feel like you guys are my friends and we get to catch up and the people that don't like it can just skip forward. Um, so yesterday on Thursday, because I'm recording this on Friday, I went to New York City. Woohoo! I went up to Manhattan yesterday. I have not been to New York City, I think, since like it was either April, May, or June of 2019. I went up with a bunch of the Stride Girls and we went for my birthday. Um, they like got me a trip to New York City for my birthday. It was so fun. We went to Y7 and the Sex Museum and it was just such a fun day. But I think that was the last time that I was there was in 2019. So obviously pre-pandemic. So I haven't been there in over two years. So I went back yesterday. The reason that I went yesterday was because um, there's a studio that I really admire, their army. Um, I'm sure you guys know of them. They're huge. They are awesome. I really admire what they're doing. And I've always wanted to go to their studio, which is in New York. Um, and I really wanted to take Angela Davis's class, but she is their LA instructor slash their traveling pop-up instructor throughout the country. So Angela was in New York and I had a very flexible day on Thursday and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So I did it myself and another instructor from stride. Her name is Jenna. The two of us went up and we took Angela's class and it was so fun. And I don't know why I don't go up to New York more often. It's super close to where I live. I was like, I, I took the train. It was so simple and I had a great time. The weather yesterday was unbelievably beautiful. Not a cloud in the sky, no wind, no humidity, 70 degrees on the dot, like the most perfect day ever ever. And yeah, I was back home by 4 p.m. Um, my train was at 6 a.m. and the class was at 10 a.m. We got in the city around 8. So it like I should honestly just do it more. Like to me, I'm like, oh, New York City's so far away. But it's really not. And if I drove, I would have gotten there even quicker. Um, but I just didn't want to like drive in the city or pay for parking. However, but I will pay for a train ticket. It's so much easier. However, I could have totally driven yesterday in the city because the city was like eerily quiet. Um, maybe people that live in New York can disagree with me on this, but 
it just seemed really, really quiet. I mean, granted, it was like 10 a.m. on a Thursday morning, but it is Manhattan. And like, I don't know, it was just like very quiet with like, yeah, there were a good amount of people, but like I would go to New York kind of frequently before the pandemic, like a couple times a year, I would say. And no matter what time of day it was, there were always tons of people. So I'm going to try and think that like maybe these people are now working from home. So they're just in their apartments. They don't really need to like walk around, get out, go to like their morning commute. But there also just weren't a lot of cars. It was just very quiet from the New York that I remembered. I mean, maybe I'm idolizing an old version of New York that in my mind I'm just playing up, but I really just felt like it was kind of quiet there, which was interesting. Um, Kind of what I expected, but from like what I've been seeing on like social media, it just seems like New York is like back and bigger than freaking ever. And I don't know if that's true anymore. It's definitely back for sure. Everything was open totally normal. Um, it was like, you know, totally open hundred percent, but bigger than ever. I don't know. Um, but it was, it was nice. Like it was a good pace to be in New York. Like that's the kind of pace I would move to New York in. I, I won't move to New York because I, it's not really my place. I love, like, I loved going yesterday. And when we were there, we're like, Oh my God, we should have stayed here all day. I don't see myself moving to New York anytime in the near future, but it was just a really cool, dare I say culture shock from just what I've been like used to at the beach versus New York City. Like after class, we went to go get a coffee um, at Two Hands right around the corner. And the guy was like, can I get you anything? And I was like, yeah, I'll have a coffee. He goes, black drip coffee good with you. And I was like, fuck yeah, it's good with me. Um, it was just, it's, and it's just so cool to like, you know, you're in New York and you drink black drip coffee and everyone there is like just wearing like cool baggy things and they all have low buns with scrunchies. They're just cool people in New York. And like, I wanted to see that. Um, I didn't know, actually I, I needed to see that, but I didn't know I needed to see that. They're just like cool people. Like I just, I like the New York minute. I really do. I feel like they're my kind of people. They're hustlers. I just like them a lot. They're cool people. Um, yeah, they're, they're just cool. The people in New York are freaking cool. Um, so anyway, it was a, it was really a great day yesterday. I should have like booked an entire day and stayed a lot longer. Um, but I'm definitely going to go back up more. It's, it's so close to me. Like I don't know why I don't do it more. Um, and it's so easy. Like I took the train, like I said, for the millionth time. And now that I moved, I literally live right by a train station, which is really convenient. So it takes me literally like five minutes to get to the train station. And then I'm there and then I just hop on. Um, and then suddenly I close my eyes, take a quick nap and I wake up and I'm in New York, super painless. And the train station is just freaking awesome. It's a way to go. So anyway, went to New York. It was eerily dead, but I enjoyed every single minute of it. It was a great pace to experience New York as that. Um, an army was really, really cool. It was a place that I've really wanted to see for a while. Um, I was just very, I'm always very curious of studios that I follow of how their layout is. So I was really excited to like kind of see the layout and how they like structure their studio and just how other studios operate. I find it very interesting and it's good to learn. It's good information. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. I just really like 
you know, being an owner, being in the industry, I just admire how other studios run and operate. So that was really cool to see. And the class was amazing. Angela was amazing. It was a filmed session. Um, don't go looking for it. I was saddling it most of the time, to be honest. Like, I I don't know. I just was in the saddle for a lot of it. And I was loving every minute of it. Um, New York Army is intense. And I knew that going in. I was like, this is going to be a hard class. And it definitely was. It definitely did not disappoint. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing class. Um, I adored it. And if you guys can get down to New York um, and take an Army class, you totally should. It was really, really cool. Um, definitely a great experience. And I'm glad that I did that. So, um, yeah, so that was yesterday. That was New York. Um, now to completely switch, uh, topics on an eerie note, stride my business, my spin studio strides, one Instagram account, our main account strides been in fitness that had like 11,000 followers was hacked and deleted. And that was on Wednesday. And then I was going to New York on Thursday. And I was like, so, uh, I don't know. It was, it's such a rush of emotions. So I want to say that Stride created a new Instagram. It's at Stride Spin and Fitness underscore. So if you just search Stride Spin and Fitness, it'll come up. It's just the one with the underscore now. I don't even think the other one comes up anymore. Um, but it was... So please go follow the new one because we're trying to build that one back up. Um, and, you know, I'm very excited for, you guys know how I feel about new beginnings. It's like my, it's my bread and butter. So I'm excited for a new beginning on a, on an Instagram. I do think that is like exciting and something that is a new project and something to really work on. So that I'm excited about. Um, and trust me, I've said a million times on this podcast that social media is not everything. And if my personal Instagram got deleted tomorrow, my life would probably be better, right? I still stand by that. Like even though I've now experienced an Instagram that you care about and worked really hard on for three and a half years, almost four years, like we launched our Instagram in January of 2018. So it's been almost four years that we worked on that. To have it taken out of your control and there's nothing you can do about it is an incredibly devastating feeling. However, it is just social media. It's just an Instagram page and life goes on. And we made a new one and it's on its feet and it's running. And thank God nothing happened to our actual studio. Our community is still completely intact. It just sucks because that was like our portfolio. And I was so proud of that Instagram to be like, look at my studio. Like, look at how awesome it looks. So I know once I get a couple more posts up on the new Instagram, it'll feel like that. Like when I'm recording this, there's only three posts on it. When you guys go follow it, I'm sure there'll be like five posts on it, maybe four or five, depending on the time of day. So I'm like obviously building up. Once I get like 20 posts on there, it'll feel more like our Instagram again, but I don't want to like flood people's feeds with like our stuff. So I'm just posting like once a day, like what we normally do. Um, but, you know, it's definitely sad and it's definitely a little devastating to just have four years of work just completely gone and there's nothing that you can do about it in the moment. Um, but like I said, life goes on and yeah, it's sad, but I'm not like trying to dwell on it and just move on and move forward and just build up our new Instagram and make it fucking awesome, dude. 
really, really cool content coming soon. Um, a lot of people have been asking about Stride at Home. Uh, since we're not at the beach anymore, we are transitioning Stride at Home into my other location at Phoenixville, and I'm actually setting that up today. So it should be coming out really, really soon, um, and that's strideathome.com. Um, and I post spin classes on there. So if you guys want to ride with me, you can totally do that on strideathome.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about Indeed is that whenever I'm looking for a candidate, I put it out on Indeed and instantly I get matched with exactly what I'm looking for. So I don't really have to waste time like scrolling through resumes or anything like that to make sure that they're what I'm looking for. Every resume that I do look for has exactly the qualifications that I need. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to Indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally adjust the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so 
hot and uncomfortable but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with Asana. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. Anyway, I wanted to kind of like just quickly talk about Instagram for one second because this is like, like I said, like it's a business page that was deleted and this is what happened. So essentially we got emails from Instagram saying that our username was changed and that our email was changed. And normally when, whenever even someone logs in from an Instagram that looks suspicious, Instagram will email you and be like, hey, did you just like do this login? We never even got an email from Instagram that was like that. And I'm going to chalk that up to the hackers that maybe something happened. I don't know that they like just really, I don't know. But there was nothing from Instagram about that. Then on the emails, it said like your username and email was changed. And I think they changed your phone number. Um, There was nothing on that email to say like, hey, this wasn't me or like click here if this wasn't you. That wasn't an option. The other thing is if you respond to those emails, it it's a dead end. <laughs> like I've responded to them, but then they bounce right back. So that's really frustrating. Then we get emails from the hackers and they're like, hey, your account is just temporarily disabled. If you want it back, you just have to pay us $600. So I'm like, how will I know if I get, I'm like entertaining these hackers. I'm like, how will I know if we get the money? If we send the money, like we'll get my account back. And he's like, we don't, we really don't want your account. We just want money, like blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do? I wasn't going to send money because obviously that's another scam. So I wasn't going to send any money. Um, but then they said, send $600 via Bitcoin. And I was like, Jesus, like Jesus Christ. So then they were emailing us like, okay, you have 15 minutes to respond or else your account's getting deleted. You have 10 minutes to respond. You have five minutes to respond. And then the account was gone. So it's very, it was very, uh, it was a whirlwind of emotions for those like 15 minutes. But as soon as they said the Bitcoin, I was like, fuck it. I made a new account and I started to like build that up. And then as soon as that was like on its feet, then I started going in and trying to do everything I could to get like a hacked or slash now deleted account back. Um, and everything leads you to a dead end, which is extremely frustrating, um, because Instagram is too big for its own good. How are you going to have a platform that has hundreds and millions of users? I mean, look at Kylie Jenner. She has what, like 250 million followers. So we know that there's at least 250 million accounts. That's assuming every single person on Instagram is following Kylie Jenner. They're not. So let's assume that there's like 500 million Instagram accounts. That company is straight up too big for its own good to the point where there's no customer service. There's no chat. There's no phone number. There's barely even an email. 
Actually, there isn't even an email. The only thing you can do when your account gets hacked is go through their, I think my account got hacked page and go through all the steps, which I've done, but a lot of them I couldn't even do because of a changed username. And every time I typed in our old username plus the new username that we knew the hackers changed it to because we got the email, but who knows, I could have changed it again once the email was changed and we wouldn't have gotten the email of that changed username. It constantly just said account not found, username not found. And then I, it was a dead end on the forum because it wouldn't submit it anywhere. I couldn't do anything. Um, so I've submitted every single form possible. I've done it multiple times a day, every day since. And the only thing that you can do is wait. Then I found the option of, you know, you can pretend to do an ad and act like you need to talk to an ad representative. Well, on, on every single device I used, the chat with a representative option is not there anymore. So either they took it away or it's just not showing up on any of my devices, which I don't know why that would happen. So it makes me think that it's being taken, it's been taken away. So Instagram is too big. It has zero customer service to help their users. And there's next to no security when it came to my business's account being hacked. I feel like they do prioritize business accounts over personal accounts. And I am hopeful that we will be able to get this account back once I get in contact with someone. However, it's such a shame that such a large business, corporation, company can completely be like, oh, you're on your own. Like, good luck. Like, there's nothing we can do. It's it's just crazy. Like when the hackers got in, there was no option to refute it. When the account was deleted, there was no one to contact. It's just such a defeating feeling to be in such a dead end and not be able to do a thing. Like unless you know someone that like works at Facebook, like you just got to wait and wait and wait and wait. So I'm filling out the forms. I'm I'm doing everything I know. I've been like Googling things and everything leads back to a dead end which is really frustrating. And that's what I'm most annoyed about in this whole thing. Not that the Instagram account got deleted. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sad about that. I'm embarrassed about it, to be honest. It's kind of embarrassing for my Instagram to be deleted. It is. But I'm, I'm more frustrated with like Instagram and Facebook and that whole corporation because it's, it's just like, how are you going to not regulate your platform? Like you can say the word COVID and vaccine and an ad pops up on the bottom of it. Even if it's just like, you take a picture and the word COVID is in the background, like on a flyer, it will show up in the picture. How can that be so regulated, but like an account being hacked can? I feel like that, like give us the same kind of level of seriousness here. You know what I mean? Not trying to compare the two, but you, you get the point that I'm saying. I don't know. That was just my little Instagram rant. And I just hope no one else's accounts ever get hacked because there's like almost nothing to do. Um, so I'm really hoping that it will come back. I'm staying hopeful. Um, but in the meantime, I'm making lemonade out of lemons and really building up this new Instagram. And I would love it if you guys followed it at stridespin and fitness underscore. And I'm really excited for what's to come on that page and what I'll be posting on it and what everyone will be posting on it. Um, there's just going to be a lot of new content on there that is really going to kind of elevate stride in a direction that I'm really excited for it to go in. So that was my Instagram rant. I'm really sorry. 
if I sounded like, I don't want to say Karen because my mom's name is Karen, but I'm really sorry if I sounded like annoying and like ranty and like bitchy, but I don't know. I kind of think it's a problem. Um, yeah. So go follow the new account at Fitness underscore. Um, I just want to quickly recap on two books I talked about last week. November 9, I can't get through it. I can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. Um, I'm actually abandoning it. I might come back to it one day, but I just I just can't get through it. It's just too like teenager 28 summers for me. It's just too like kind of gross, to be honest. Like, I don't know. It's just so immature. Like Ben Kessler, like his obsession with like seeing her panties. I just like, I can't keep reading it. I don't know. I'm just not loving it, to be honest. So, which is interesting because I love Verity. Um, I read that book. I thought that was really awesome. I don't know. Maybe if these people were like the characters were older, I would vibe with them a little bit more. But because they're like 18 and 19 to start and then, you know, like 19 and 20 and then blah, 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 it goes on. I just like can't. I just can't get into it. I don't know. I'm just bored. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to go through this again and again and again. Like I'm bored. Um, It just seems immature. It does. It just seems like horny teenagers. And I just don't really want to read about it, to be honest. So I'm kind of abandoning it. I know a lot of people liked it. I guess I'm just not one of them. I did read It Ends With Us as well, which is also Colleen Hoover. And again, I didn't love it, but a lot of people did. So I don't know. Maybe it's just not my style of book. Um, The book that I always get confused with, It Ends With Us, is The Light We Lost. And I really liked The Light We Lost. I thought that was really a cute book. Um, So I'd recommend that over It Ends With Us. So I don't know. I just can't really get through it. Um, the second thing that I wanted to talk about in the last two things I want to talk about since I went to New York yesterday, I've been, okay. Vin, my hair guy, Vin, if you're listening to this, I need you to text me. Cause I guess I'm going through a crisis again, but I don't want to text you cause I text you like every day and I don't want to bother you cause I know you're very busy. Um, I like went to New York yesterday and I was like, confirmed I'm going to dye my hair dark. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm probably not going to. I'm literally too scared to, to be completely honest. Like the reason why I haven't is because I'm straight up scared. I don't know. I just feel like I won't like, I don't know. It's like such a big shock. Like if I dye my hair brown, everyone's just gonna be like, oh my God, you dyed your hair. And I'm gonna be like, yeah. And it's not like posting on social media that I'm like, the comments will be like, oh my God, you dyed your hair, blah, blah. It's more like the people that I see in person. They're gonna be like, oh my God, you dyed your hair. I'm gonna be like, yeah, I did. And then I'm just gonna have to like talk about it. And I'm like, I just don't wanna draw that much attention to myself. That's a big one. The second reason is what if I hate it? I literally can't go back to blonde, okay? Why is it that we always think going blonde will make us look better and it's like almost nothing that we think about, but going dark, we think, well, I mean, I think anyway, like what if I'm ugly? You know, and like, how dare I even say that? How dare I like put all this like pressure on like my hair color? Grow up, Tori. But like, it's true. And I think that's like a fear that like a lot of us internalize, but no one talks about. So I'm just going to say, what if I get like not like, what if I become like not pretty? I mean, that's saying that I guess I think I'm pretty now. Sure. I like how I look now. But like, what if I don't like how I look when I'm brunette? I don't know. Oh. I don't know, but like I've been thinking about it for so long. Like I remember this time last year, like talking to my hairdresser or not my hairdresser, my therapist. And I said that I wanted to dye my hair brown. And I was like, I know it sounds crazy to talk about in therapy, but like I really want to do it. And I want to talk to you about it. And she's like, no, it's not crazy at all. Let's talk about it. We talked about it for 45 minutes. So I remember like I really wanted to do it. And I like went a little dark and then I was like, no, I want to be back to blonde. So I'm like, well, thank God. 
But every time the summer comes around, I'm always like, thank God I'm blonde. But then every time it's like not the summer, I'm like, I want to be brunette again. Like I just want to go dark. And I also just feel like my hair is just kind of like, it's not dead. Like I have very healthy blonde hair. I will say I'm very proud of my hair. But I don't know. I just miss the feeling of it always being super soft, which maybe won't happen anymore because now I've been like dyeing my hair since I was literally 12. So like there's not a strand of my hair that is not dyed in some capacity. But I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I just like kind of want to dye it dark again. Um, Vin, text me. <laughs> I guess I need some help. But yesterday I was um, in New York, like I said, and the like I just kept seeing like all these girls with like dark brown hair and I was just like man like they're so cool like I want I just want my hair dark again I don't know I'm just like kind of feeling it and like I have blue eyes so I think it'd be super pretty but I just feel like so many people like know me as a blonde and like I know myself as a blonde and like what if I hate it like it's so much easier to go from blonde to brown than it is from brown to blonde so I don't know. I always talk about my hair on this podcast because I'm always in a hair crisis because I never know what I want to do with my hair. I have an appointment in November and what I was going to do is go like a very chunky platinum, meaning like we're going to be like bright, but we're also going to put like chunks of low lights in like a cute Y2K low light moment. And it was going to be like a moment like it's going to be really cool. And I think I was going to put tapes in it. Like I was going to go all out. So I have this new November appointment and I have to figure out what I'm going to do by November. I mean, it's October 22nd. I have like three weeks. I have time, but I need to figure out what I'm going to do. So I like need your opinion. Like do I dye my hair or don't I? I'm going to do a poll. Actually, maybe I won't because I kind of only want Manifest listeners to know about this. Please DM me. Please DM me. Thank you. Um, to go off the DMing, I miss the Facebook group, but I I don't know. I just don't think I can bring it back right now. I just need someone to either regulate it all the time or have like another platform of like community. But I miss like discussions that we could have. But the Facebook group was honestly just getting a little too too big for me to regulate. Um, which you know, like I said, I could always have someone regulate it, but. I want there to be a way for all of us to talk kind of not on Facebook. Does anyone know of any like platforms or like forums? Do we do a Reddit? I'm just kidding. Um, no, but let me know. Um, but yeah, that's my chattiness for today. Wow. 27 minutes of chatty. Take that haters. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, so let's get into the meat of today's episode, which is kind of unpopular opinions on dating slash my take on a couple of things when it comes to dating. Because like I said, I don't always have the same outlook as things I hear. Um, but I also don't know if things I hear is like the mass majority or just like the couple of people I hear things from. Um, but I just kind of want to talk about dating. I haven't done it in a while and I just want to talk about it. It's super fun. I mean, who doesn't love talking about dating? We all do. Come on, let's get real. So I asked you guys on Instagram to send me questions slash unpopular opinions. Um, and I'm, you guys sent in some good stuff that has me fired up. So I'm really excited. So let's get right into it. Okay. The first one that I saw that I was like, I definitely want to talk about this is girl best friends. Can the guy that you're dating have a girl best friend? Um, okay. So I'm going to be totally, completely honest. I think that if they have been friends literally their whole entire life, and like this girl isn't going to go anywhere. Like she's part of the friendship and she's like part of the relationship. She's part of the family. You've got to accept her. However, your boyfriend has to make it an effort for the two of you guys to be friends because it can't be this thing where it's like, oh, like I'm going to go like if your boyfriend's name is like Josh and this girl's best friend's name is Heather. Oh God, <laughs> Heather, um, whatever. Perfect girl. Um, Josh can't always just be like, hey, like, I'm just going to go hang out with Heather. Like, I'll see you later. Your boyfriend should always prioritize you over the girl best friend, in my opinion. Um, Because, like, I look at, like, my parents and married couples I know. None of these married couples I know have a best friend that's the opposite sex. They just don't. I just feel like it is almost like a maturity thing where you just kind of, like, grow up and grow out of having a best friend that's the opposite sex. Um... I don't know, like your relationship just does kind of take precedence over it. I don't think it's a bad thing for your boyfriend to have a a best friend that is a girl, but you and the girl best friend need to also be friends and she needs to accept you and you need to accept her. If it's going to be an issue between the two of you and like between you and your boyfriend and then you and her, it's never really going to work out. But I also think that there comes, there needs to be a point where your boyfriend is kind of real with like the girl best friend and is like, hey, like, I probably won't be hanging out with you as much because I want to hang out with my girlfriend too. You know what I mean? Um, It can definitely be tricky, especially if like they've ever hooked up in the past. I see it both ways. It's almost like good if they have hooked up in the past because then they know like we tried it. It won't work. Like let's move on. But if they haven't hooked up in the past and there's always like that what if, but then there could also be that like, ew, he's like my brother kind of relationship. Who knows? It's definitely tricky when your boyfriend has a girl best friend. I just think that it comes down to two things. One, you and the girl have to be friends. You just do. And your boyfriend, it's his now responsibility to blend you two together as friends. You are both important people in his life. 
And it's unfair of you just to have him cut friends out of his life because now you guys are dating. But he does need to make an effort to bring you guys together and have you guys all be friends. If he's keeping you guys separate, it's more of a him problem than a her problem. That's weird on his part. And you should like look into that. I think that's super sketchy. But I mean, as long as like he's open with you and be like, look, she's no one to worry about. We've been family friends forever. If we get married, she'll be at our wedding, like blah, blah, blah. Just make it very clear that like there's nothing to be worried about, but you guys should be friends and your boyfriend should be making an effort for you guys to be friends. If he's not, huge red flag, look out for that. Okay, the next one is talk about boyfriends liking girls' pictures on Instagram. Um, I totally hear this. And I mean, it's 2021. Like we all know dating etiquette at this point. I feel like if your boyfriend is liking thirst trap pictures, it's super inappropriate because it's almost embarrassing to the point where it's like, oh, this girl's boyfriend liked my photo. If he's liking pictures of girls that he's like friends with or they're in a friend group, honestly, that's like not a big deal. Like we can like kind of move on from that. But if he's liking pictures of girls that he used to have a thing with, that he used to date or that are posting like thirst trap pictures, I don't want to say like bikini pictures because we all do that in the summertime. Like who really cares at the end of the day? Like thirst traps. That's kind of when it's like, that's not okay because it's disrespectful to you. That girl can be like, oh, so-and-so's boyfriend is liking my picture. And it's kind of just saying like, hey, I'm a little interested in this, which just isn't cool. You can totally, like, I think boyfriends can like other girls' pictures. If, like I said, they're friends and they're like in groups and there's like nothing there. It's like a platonic, like cool picture. I'm going to like it. That's really not the biggest of deals. But anything other than that, I do think it is inappropriate. So there is a line. Um, but it's, it's, to me, it's pretty black and white. Like you can like it, but no one to not as well. And I think that's like when it really, really matters. Okay. This one is interesting because I've so been here before. This says, I feel like I'm wasting time dating because the chance of them working out is so small. I totally get that. Um, and I was actually like in like a little situationship, I guess you could say like a while, while back where it felt like that, where I was like, okay, I'm getting something like they're giving me something to like kind of string me along in this, but I feel like it's just not going to go anywhere and I'm wasting my time. I ended up did wasting my time. However, whether it's with one specific person or dating in general, I don't think you can genuinely waste your time dating and going on dates and like getting involved with people. And let me tell you why. Every single time I've either talked to someone, gone on a date with someone, been in a relationship, a situ- whatever it might be, I've always found that I've grown some way after it, whether it's I've learned something about myself of what I'm looking for or most of the time not looking for, or I've learned something about other people in ways that I can improve myself to kind of be like a better dater or to be more open to things that maybe I would have written off in the past. So I think every single time that you date someone new, you are always going to develop into the person that you need to be when you eventually meet like your soulmate, the person you're going to be with, the person you want to marry, whatever it might be, whatever your end goal here is. But I do think that it's really valuable to date and to kind of get yourself out there, put yourself out there. And just like 
chat with people, talk with people. It doesn't have to be anything serious, but it's like, you know, if you're just like casually like Snapchatting someone, you can just learn like, oh, I like how they communicate or I don't like how this is going. And I want to make sure that when I meet my person, it won't be like X, Y, Z because of experiences I've had in the past. And I think that's really valuable and really important. So yes, while the chances of things working out do feel really, really slim and really, really small, you're definitely not going to be wasting your time because you are going to be learning something, whether about yourself or about how you can improve um, dating in the future or about other people, what you like, what you don't like. I think it is really beneficial, even though it does seem kind of like a waste of time at times. It's not. You will look back in the long run and be like, you know what? Every single one of these events happened for a reason, and I'm really grateful for them. How to trust people you just met or not be skeptical of them. So this is a good question, and I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this, but I tend to give everyone trust until it's sort of broken, Um, which, yes, has definitely gotten me burned in the past for sure, but I just feel like life is just lived much better that way. When you just automatically trust people and take them at face value and then kind of like deduct points as they go. Like everyone is at like 100% and they either keep 100, maybe they can get bonus points or it's like deducted. But I think someone new is a fresh start and you can't let your past affect something new going forward. Um, so I tend to just trust people right off the bat But that doesn't mean that like trusting doesn't mean that you have to like be 100%. um, How do I want to put this? Because the way I'm like thinking in my mind is like not making sense out of my, from my words. Just because you trust someone doesn't mean you have to open up to them entirely. It doesn't mean you have to like completely give yourself to them entirely. It just means that you're going to go into it open-minded. And I think that is really important. And then From there, just knowing what people say, like what they say really, really matters. If someone is giving you a reason to be skeptical, trust that instinct and see that red flag and run with it. Um, People are who they show up as. And it's really easy for us to create a version of someone in our minds that doesn't exist, even if they're sitting right in front of us, like they could say something at face value. And we could just chalk it up to like, oh, they didn't really mean that, but they did. Like they just said it. So take people take people for who they are. Take the red flags for the red flags as they show up and use those judgments to then see like, okay, do I want to continue this? Do I actually still trust them or do I not? Um, but I like to always look at it as I trust someone in the beginning. And if the trust is broken later on, then that really sucks. But the whole like you need to earn my trust thing, it's never been my mentality. It might be yours, but it's never really been mine. But it seems to work for some people. I've gotten burned in the past, so take that with a grain of salt. But it's just a happier life to live that way. Fuck boys are out. Real men are in. Totally agree to this uh, opinion. Um, they really are. Like, it's just so annoying to like be a fuck boy. Like, what are you doing? And like, dating a fuck boy like there's just so many better men out there and like like that's what it is like a real guy that is nice that will take you out on dates and that like genuinely cares about you is so much better than being in like the emotional toxicity and thrill i will say thrill because it is a thrill to be in a toxic relationship it has highs it has lows but it keeps you like really engaged and really involved because you literally never know what the heck is going to go on but It's just so much healthier to be in a relationship with someone that is loving, kind, 
and actually genuinely cares for you than someone who looks at you as something disposable or something to mess around with. Someone that actually cares about you will not mess around with your feelings. And that's the truest sign of a fuckboy. If they will if they mess around with your feelings, that's them literally just saying that they don't care about you. And I think that's the saddest thing. If a guy actually cares about you, he will make it known. Um, and whether that's how often you guys talk, if he initiates dates, whatever it might be, like you will know. One of my favorite um, phrases that I've heard a long time ago, I, I forget who said it, but I really like it. It's that if a guy likes you, you will know. And if you are confused, they don't like you. And I truly think that is so true. If you're confused, they most likely don't like you. So go for the people that like you. It makes life easy. Okay, this one is very interesting. I like it. It says ghosting slash non-commitment culture and how it harms social development. So ghosting slash non-commitment culture. I think those are two different things. So ghosting, like it happens. I've done it to people. Um, I'm trying to think if I've been ghosted. I don't know. If I can't think of it, I don't know. But I've definitely done it and like it's – I don't know. It's kind of just because I'm really non-confrontational. But I also would only ghost like if it really didn't like work out well or if I just don't want to be like, hey, like I don't see this going anywhere. I've also sent the text where I'm like, hey, like I had a great time, but I don't see this going anywhere. And it goes both ways. Like I've either gotten back like a, hey, no problem. Like thanks for going out with me. Or I've also gotten a, oh, really? Like, can't we try again? Like, can't we make it work? Da, da, da. And it's just like, oh, God, no. So. I've like done both. I've seen both. And ghosting at face value, it it hurts for sure. And I hope that it's always like in the beginning, like after a first date or something like that. And it's never just like in a relationship and then you never hear back from your partner again. That would be horrible. That's also not the kind of ghosting I'm talking about. I'm talking about like they stop texting you. But also, you have to text them. Like if you're just waiting for them to always text you, like you guys go on a date, you never hear back from him. He also never heard from you. So he could have thought that you were ghosting him when he was just waiting to hear from you. So you need to also be the one to reach out to other people sometimes. Like you can't just wait for the ma- for the man to always reach out to you. If you had a good time, tell him you had a good time. I don't see the big deal in that. Also, if you guys are texting and it's kind of going nowhere and you're like, oh, I feel like he's going to ghost me. Why don't you ask him out? And at that point, if he still goes or says no, that's the same message. No message is the message. So if you're not getting anything and you've reached out, okay, then you can ghost. But if you also haven't reached out, I I like don't understand that. Like I'll hear people be like, oh yeah, we went on a date. It went really well, but he never texted me. So we never went out again. Why? Why do you let him decide how it's going to go? Why can't you reach out? You totally should reach out. In fact, they'd probably like it if you reached out. I think guys, I know guys like a girl that knows what she wants. So if you text them, even the night, like the whole like rule now is like, don't text them the night of the date. Literally, why not? Like says who? And like for what? To play hard to get? To just be in this game of cat and mouse forever? That sounds super boring. I like if I had a great date with someone, I would just text them and be like, hey, that was like a really, I had a really great time. Like I'd love to do it again. Um, but I feel like ghosting can really only happen if you've also reached out rather than them not reaching out because they're probably waiting to hear from you too. So make it fair. Ghosting definitely sucks. Like I've said, I've done it. Um, not super proud of it, but I didn't like the confrontation that had to sometimes come with it. 
and I'm working on that. Um, but it definitely sucks and it's hard, but you got to, you got to reach out before you accept that no message is the message. And then if you do reach out and then you don't get anything, then you've been ghosted and it definitely sucks. But Hey, it sometimes helps more to not hear (laughs) that they didn't like, like your time. Um, but the non-commitment culture is one that I think is going to be around forever. And it's not necessarily a movement or a culture, but it's it's just the people that are involved in it. Like there are people out there that want boyfriends, that want girlfriends, that want relationships. And if you're like that too, you just have to find those kind of people. The people that want to be 50 years old and single by the time they're 50 and just fucking around, sure. Like those people are definitely going to exist, but that doesn't mean that you have to cross paths with them. That doesn't mean that you have to date them. If you're with someone and you've been talking for a while and they won't commit to you, or it's like literally pulling teeth to get them to commit to you, then that's just not your person. And sure, it's going to hurt. Like maybe you're wildly attracted to them. You really enjoy your time with them and you really want to make things work. But a good solid relationship, you don't have to pull teeth to be with them. A good relationship is honestly just easy. Things are easy. Like it just works out. Sure. You have fights and disagreements and confrontations. That's going to happen in every relationship, but generally it's going to be pretty easy. And I think that's really important. Um, so yes, there are always going to be people that don't want to commit, but those just aren't your people. But if you're also in that phase of your life where like, I don't want to commit. Awesome. You're going to have a huge pool of people that are in that with you too. Um, it's really just about finding and navigating through the right people. And like I said, if that person doesn't want to commit, they're not your person, but there are people out there that do want to commit. That's who you have to find. I like this one. This says unpopular opinion, but I secretly dated my new boyfriend for two weeks now because I didn't want opinions from the outside. Um, I totally love this and I totally agree with this. I feel like so many people always have judgment or something to say or just straight up like opinions of any relationship, new, old, whatever it might be. And if you're truly dating someone because it makes you happy, it makes you feel really secure. The opinions of outside people just straight up doesn't matter. If you're genuinely in a relationship that you love, you don't feel the need to like flaunt it on social media just because you want the approval of others. Now, yes, when you are in love, like it's super fun to like post about it and be like, oh, I'm like so happy, like I'm in love. And I love that. I love that. It totally goes both ways, but you totally also don't need to be posting stuff and making it super public. Um, I think private relationships are really special because it's just super, um, it's super genuine. It's super real. It's just like between the two of you and it's just like, it's your relationship and it's without judgment of others. So I totally get this. Um, it's, I think it's a lot more common than you think. And, um, I support it. I think it's really cool. Okay. So this is an unpopular opinion that was submitted and it says that the guy has to pay for everything. I'm a girl and I don't agree. I'm with you, girl. Um, I think it is definitely um, flattering to have someone pay for you. And trust me, I I like being paid for. I really do. Like I enjoy when my meals are paid for, when a date is paid for. I totally enjoy it. But that doesn't mean that I'm expecting it, nor does it mean that that's the way it has to be. Um, A guy doesn't have to pay for everything. I think it's really admirable for a guy to offer to pay for everything. Or if, you know, the bill comes and you guys offer to split it and he's like, no, 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 I got this. I mean, that's also a really good time for a guy to be like, oh, you can get the next one. Haha. Ha. Like you guys are going to go on a second date. Um, I think that's really admirable as well. But I do think that like the effort of paying 
actually in my book goes a lot farther than actually having to pay for the whole thing. Um, I was dating a guy a while ago and he never offered to pay for anything ever and was always wanting to split things with me. And even to the point where like I got the pill bill like one or two times because he was just like, oh, thanks, blah, 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 like never offered to pay. That really bothered me because I was just like, dude, like, what are, are we friends? Like, are we like going on dates? Like, am I your babysitter? Like, what are we doing here? Um, So that was annoying. I think that the effort and the action of like offering to pay goes so much farther than actually doing it. Um, It's like the principle of it. So yes, it does go, go, does go both ways. The girl does not always have to pay. The guy does not always have to pay. I do think it could be like, hey, you get this one, I'll get the next one. Um, but the act of it is very chivalrous, I should say. And I enjoy it. And I think on a first date, it's in, it's a good indication um, of how the relationship could go. Like if he pays for you, that's that's a really good start. But if he like offers to go have these, either that means like it wasn't that good or maybe it's going to be like that forever. Like that's what happened with me. Like he went have these and I was like, oh weird, but okay. And then it just continued on like that. Um, so like I said, not a big deal, not the end of the world. Um, the principle of it, I think is really, really, um, much bigger than actually paying the bill itself. Is it bad to want to know about your boyfriend's past? Totally not. I don't think so. Um, everyone that I've dated, I've always like known about their past to an extent. Um, sometimes it's intimidating and we're getting to an age. I'm glad we're actually talking about this. We're getting to an age where people are starting to have like very long relationships prior to new relationships. And I think that can be really intimidating to come into as like the new potential girlfriend because, here you are on a date with someone and they tell you like, oh yeah, I've been in a relationship for the past like eight years. And you're like, oh my God, like what chance do I have? Like the bond is on that you've been with for four years, five years, eight years, even two years. Like we're at the age now where people are like starting to kind of seriously date people and for an extended amount of time. And it's really hard to be the next person after a long breakup um, or sorry, a long relationship. So I personally like knowing like the general background history of them. Like why did their last relationship end? Do I have any red flags to look out for? Stuff like that. But I don't want to know like every single detail. Like the length, you can kind of leave out the length or like all your little trips that you guys took together. You can like leave that stuff out. Um, But I don't think it's bad to want to know about your partner's past. I've known relationships um, that the other person like did not know anything about their past. And it actually caused a lot more fights than had they would have like known about one another's past. So, um, it really, I mean, it just depends on the person. It depends on the relationship. Of course, every relationship is going to be different and unique to that couple, but I personally don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I like knowing like the basics of it, but it doesn't matter too much because you know, they're with you now and blah, blah, blah. But I do like knowing a little bit. I mean, who doesn't, right? I mean, I don't. Okay, I've gotten this one kind of in a couple of variations, but it's essentially saying that like their boyfriend's ex-girlfriend is like really pretty. Um, Totally been there too. Um, Yeah, dude. Well, first off, take it as a compliment, okay? Because that means that like he thinks like you're just as equally pretty as her because you're like, you're dating him too. So 
Ortega is a compliment. He has good taste in girls. If you think she's pretty and like she's hot, then like you're pretty and you're hot too. So that's really cool. Take it as a compliment. Um, But I also totally get this because I've been there too where I'm just like, oh, wow, like she was she's really pretty. And uh, first of all, going back to an earlier question, he should not be liking his pretty ex's Instagram. Like absolutely no way. It's just simply not happening. But knowing that like she's pretty does not take away from your prettiness know that. Also, there's a reason that their relationship didn't work. And it it's something that you have that she didn't, that is now why he's with you. So just be secure in the fact that he's with you and you're just as beautiful. I don't want to say if not more, because I don't want to like tear her down because she is beautiful too. And it's just going to happen. Take it as a compliment, honestly. But he's with you for a reason and it didn't work out with her for a reason. So just focus on the two of you and she's an ex. Leave her in the past. She doesn't need to be brought up into your current relationship. Okay. And then this last question, because my stomach is literally grumbling. I am, I guess, starving, um, is kissing slash intimacy on the first date. Is it bad? No, it's totally not bad. Um, It's just really up to you. Like, um, I feel like there's such pressure to always like, at least like smooch on the first date. Like when you guys like come back, like, especially if you like picked you up, like car drop-offs are the most awkward thing ever. Like, what do you do? Hug, kiss, like say, like literally what the heck are you supposed to do? So it's super awk, super, super awk. Um, but no, it's like, it's totally up to you. If you're feeling like a smooch, like go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. It could also kind of like help you determine, like, if you feel like it's going to go anywhere, like if you felt sparks, if you didn't, blah, blah, blah. Um, so if it's going to help you like decide, sure, go for it. Um, but if you're also someone that, you know, you get really attached really easily and you're like, already really like falling for this person and you just know that this is going to be like the nail in the coffin. You're like, yeah, I'm going to be super obsessed with this person if I kiss them or have, you know, an intimate moment with them. Um, then maybe hold off. But again, like it's up to you. And, you know, I've had relationships in the past where I meet someone and it's an instant hit off. And then we start hanging out like every single day. And it's just like, it's it, like moves super, super fast. And we're like, wow, like this was just our story and our speed and it was super organic to us. But I've also dated other people where it's been like, you know, a year and things like finally pick up after like three months. So like it can just take time and like each relationship is going to be on its own course. But if you're like feeling it and he's feeling it and you guys had a great time, there's nothing wrong with it. And like you don't have to kiss and tell like no one has to know like what you do on your first date. Like it's your first date. It's a really special moment for the two of you and no one needs to know. Um, it's between the two of you. And I think that's really what it comes down to. People make relationships super public these days. And honestly, a relationship is between you and your partner. Everyone's going to have outside opinions. Everyone is going to have judgment and everyone's going to think a certain thing, but it is, it's your relationship. It's you and them, you and your partner. And I think that is something that we tend to forget because we like to post about it or we like to post like our feelings about it. I mean, I've definitely been one to like post my feelings on the internet too. Um, I kind of wish I didn't always do that, but I've done it before. And um, it just, it's a relationship between me and the person that I'm with. And um, I think regardless of whether it's your first date or you've been together for five years, it should always kind of just like, you know, remain that way without 
judgment of friends, family, followers, whatever it might be. Um, it's just between the two of you. So if you want to smooch on the first date, girl, you can have a kiss on the first date. You can do whatever you want. Um, it's your first date. So um, just know yourself and make sure that you're looking out for yourself in the long run. But guys, I think that is all that I have for you today. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of Manifest. Like I said, I hope you guys have the best week of your life. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next week about next week's episode. I think it's going to be super, super fun. But I hope you guys enjoy the rest of this week. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you guys want to submit any questions on my Instagram, it's at Tori Sterling underscore for any future episodes. And please be sure to follow Strides new Instagram at Strides Spin and Fitness underscore. I would love it if you guys were to follow. All right, that is all for me. Have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye guys.